Before we dive into today's show, let me tell you about one of the most useful apps on my phone. It's hard to find the time to sit down, to read, and learn more. And when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. But there's an incredible app that solves this problem. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library. From self-help, business, health, to history books, Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. I love to listen to Blinkist when I'm traveling on an airplane or when I'm commuting from one place to another. In fact, we have a lot of past dad-tired guests who have books on Blinkist. Two of my favorite are Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, and also John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com forward slash tired to start your seven-day free trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com forward slash tired. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, I'm anxious to get into our interview today. It's really good. It's going to be helpful for 99.9% of you. Um, but before we do, let me just give you a couple really exciting announcements. Number one, we've got a couple conferences coming up that I want to tell you about because if you're in the area, you should definitely come to these. Um, next month in February, February 22nd, I'm going to be in Apex, North Carolina. North Carolina, holy cow, uh, which is near Raleigh. So if you're anywhere near that area, uh, we've had guys come from six hours away, nine hours away at these conferences. We've had guys sleep in their cars to come to these. So don't make any excuses, man. If you're anywhere near the Apex area, the Raleigh, North Carolina area, make sure you come out to one of these conferences there. Um, that Again, that's going to be on Saturday, February 22nd. And then the very next weekend, we have one in Maurice, Iowa. Um, I have no clue where that is. I don't even know what the closest place is. <laughs> you guys always make fun of me because I like um I don't know my geography very well, so I apologize. Uh, but you, if you live near Maurice, Iowa, I'm assuming you know where it is. So <laughs> come come hang out with us there. Uh, those are going to be great conferences. That's the next week, February 29th. That's a real date. I didn't make that up. There is 29 days in February this month. I promise. Uh, lastly, I just want to say, well, be, before I get into the last thing, um, you can get information on both of those conferences and buy tickets to those by going to dadtire.com and then you click the conferences tab and you can get all the info you need for those. Looking forward to meeting you guys and seeing you there. Lastly, I just want to say, man, I love you guys. Uh, and for If you're like brand new, you're like, who is this dude? Why is he saying he loves me? He doesn't even know me. But for those of you that are like been around for a while and you've been part of the Dad Tire community, you're in our closed Facebook group. Um, bro, like I just, man, I love you. Like I, I, I sincerely do. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. 
Uh, we don't have time to get into all of it. But um, one thing that I'm just constantly excited about is the way that God moves in this group. And uh, I'm just, I, I stumbled into this whole thing, but here we are. And I just couldn't be more happy than to be on this journey with you. So thank you guys for listening. I just want to say that I have no like pitch or anything. I just want to tell you, I love you. And I'm so grateful for you. And many of you do partner with us last month. We did a big campaign and uh, you got to, so that we can do more conferences all over the country, which is awesome. We've got a lot more planned. Uh, I just want to say, man, I, I love you. I'm grateful for you. You're awesome. Uh, you put your time in, your money in, your your emotions in, yeah, prayer requests, all kinds of like you're just, I don't know, man, just feeling mushy and gushy. And uh, I love you guys. Anyway, today uh, I was actually going to postpone this episode for a couple of weeks. But so many guys have been talking about their struggles with pornography, whether you feel like you are like full blown addicted or you're just like dabbling in it or you've struggled with it in the past or trying to figure out how do you help your sons and daughters with it in the future. Uh, this issue just keeps coming up uh, in the Facebook group. And so I thought this might be a good week to release this episode. So uh, without further ado, let's talk about pornography, but more exciting about God's redemptive plan for us. Like there is hope if you feel like just stuck. This is something you've been dealing with for years and years and years. And you're like, this is always going to be a thing I'm going to deal with. That's not true, bro. That's a lie. God has good news for you. He wants to set you free. And today may even be the day that you start that journey. So let's get dive into today's episode. It's going to be a blessing to you. I love you guys. Sathya, so excited that you are hanging out with us today. For the audience members who may not be familiar with what you've got going on, maybe tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Jared. Um, yeah, I have two kind of streams that I work in. Uh, one is I just work in a local church. Uh, I've done quite a bit of worship, pastoring, uh, that sort of stuff over the years. Um, but I also help guys get free of pornography addiction. And so I do some coaching, um, some speaking on that stuff. That's amazing, man. Uh, and you recently married. I am. Yeah, I got married in September last year, uh, which is, uh, yeah, a, a dream come true, honestly. Found an incredible woman. She's Jamaican, if you can believe that. Half Jamaican, <laughs> half Pakistani, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, but born and raised in Jamaica. So I found me a Jamaican, and I think I've become a little bit more Jamaican every day, which is uh, a cool <laughs> perk of being married to her. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm married to a Persian woman. Uh, so definitely culture has a way of kind of rubbing off on you, which is amazing, especially if it involves 100%. food. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're, yeah. And you're in uh, Canada, right? I am. Yeah. I'm based out of Toronto. That's awesome. A lot of listeners will be happy to hear that. We don't have a lot of Canadian guests, so definitely uh, you're representing, man. Oh, that's cool. Well, uh, Canada is living up to the stereotype right now. It's very cold, very snowy, very icy here these days. Yeah. Well, it's cold here in Portland, although not so snowy. Uh, well, okay. dude, I want I want to I want to dive into your story, man. Like, how did you get into this whole thing? Not a lot of guys grow up thinking, "Hey, I want to like talk about pornography when I grow up." That's not really like a thing <laughs> that kids dream about. Uh, so, this has become something that you've become passionate about. Like, how did that all start? Get us into your story. Yeah. Right? Well. Well, I mean, I, I grew up churched. Um, my dad's a pastor. My grandpa's a pastor. His dad was a pastor. Um, so it was kind of one of those upbringings for me. Uh, but I really had a good childhood, uh, nothing to complain about, and was quite involved with my church and also attended a Christian school. So, I mean, I had a very Christian upbringing. Yeah. And so you, you know from a young age what's right and what's wrong. 
And uh, out of honestly, it was it was a complete accident. I stumbled upon a porn website in the computer lab of my Christian school when I was eleven. Oh, geez. And that's how everything started. Um, so it was just you know it aroused my curiosity, as it does to most uh, most guys who get into pornography at that age. Uh, but eventually became a really destructive habit. And so that continued throughout high school, uh, into college and university. And by the time I was in my early 20s, uh, it was, uh, I, was, I was pretty close to addicted. I mean, the, the lines are a bit blurred on when you're actually addicted to something like pornography. It's not as easy to diagnose as a drug addiction or alcohol addiction. But, um, but it, was, it was definitely a very strong habit. And I didn't know how to stop. And around that time was when I really gave my life to Christ as well. Uh, I was still involved in the church. I, I gave my life to Christ at a young age, but I, it took me a while to get to that place where I was fully committed. And when that ha- finally happened, I suddenly realized, like, I have to do something about this pornography problem. So um, it was a it was a couple years of trying a bunch of different stuff. There's there was lots of advice out there, but it seemed like people didn't really know what actually worked. Hmm. Um, so they would just say like, get accountability partners, install internet filters. Those were the, the most common things I heard. Um, and like, listen to good sermons and stuff like that. And so it was all helpful, but it really did not cure my issues. And it wasn't until I started digging a little bit deeper into some of the, I call them the root causes, like the things at a more heart level, not just a behavioral level. That's when I really started to notice a change and, a, and ultimately a transformation and I had always purposed, like, I mean, from pretty much day one of my struggle, uh, when I was a teenager, I had thought, when I do get free, I'm going to help other guys get free. That was just very natural to me. Hmm. And it took me about 15 years before I finally got there. Uh, but it was four years ago, the last time I looked at pornography. And I waited a little bit to see if it was for real. I think anybody who's had a struggle with pornography can relate. You sometimes will go for big chunks of time. But uh, but you never you never fully know. It, it takes a while before you can really be confident that, yeah, I'm free. And once I did reach that place, then I decided I was going to get into it. I was going to launch a ministry and start doing everything I could to help other guys get free and not have to struggle for 15 years. In my opinion, that's way too long. So I'm yeah. trying to uh, shorten the, the length of the journey as well so that guys can get free quickly. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Praise God for that. And when you were when you had first seen it between that first time that you'd seen it, which actually was pretty close to when I had first seen pornography. I think I was twelve the first time I'd ever seen pornography. It was at a friend's house, um, which is just nuts, man. As I have an eight year old son, and you know, and the amount of access that he has uh, just via friends and technology and all that stuff, it just it it's crazy. Yeah. And now as a dad, thinking through that, but from that moment up until you were in university, uh, like what? Had you told anybody about the struggle or was it pretty quiet all the way up until that point? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like when I was in high school um, with all my Christian friends, like at my Christian school, we all kind of we talked a little bit about it, but not not in like a man, I need to get help. It was like we we talked about it because we knew it was bad and we wanted that. We wanted those conversations to be there, but it it never really went far enough. When I was in university is, yeah, that was actually when I first had a conversation with someone like, hey, I'm struggling and I need help. Hmm. Um, and at that time, and I would I would say still to this day, but especially at that time, there was a real lack of resources. Yeah. And so he, he didn't really know what to do uh, other than to say like, you know, let's keep talking about it and I'll be praying for you, uh, which I, I'm really grateful for. If I didn't have those kinds of supports, I don't think I ever would have got free. But um, But that was when I really first opened up. 
Yeah, that's a, so I had a similar experience. I, it was pretty quickly. I think, I, like I said, at 12 was the first time I had seen pornography. And then I think maybe in seventh or eighth grade, I had to talk to a youth pastor about it. And it was the same thing. I'd like confess this thing. And it was a huge deal for me to like muster up the courage to confess this big thing, you know? And then it was the yeah. same thing. It was just like, there was just so few resources. And I don't think that he really knew what to do. You know, I don't know what his own struggles were or what, like what you know access to resources he had, but he was just kind of same way. Like, yeah, man, I'll pray for you. <laughs> like, I just, uh, so it was just like, I remember feeling kind of hopeless as a young kid. Like, man, what, what do you guys do in this situation? It's not, nobody's talking about it. And yet it seems like a big deal. Um, in your experience, like you've been, you know, you're now you're helping guys kind of work through this stuff. Most guys, and from what I found just as a pastor and working with guys through the podcast and ministry is like, there are so many guys who are right now just in shame. Like they're hiding. They're, they don't know who to talk to. They feel just overwhelmed with shame when it comes to this. And a lot of guys feel like, man, I'm, I'm probably the only dude going through this, or I, I know most guys aren't going through this, but from your experience, how many guys do you think uh, are affected or have been affected by pornography at some level? Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, in this day and age, I'd be surprised if the, if there's a guy out there who hasn't. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the stats now are saying that by the time someone turns 18, 93% of 18-year-old men have viewed pornography. Wow. Um, so that's really high. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, so as you go into older demographics, that number maybe dips a little bit. But um, unfortunately, like you had mentioned earlier, Jared, because of the accessibility, um, the affordability, like it doesn't cost you anything. It's it's right. free. Right. Um, and you can stay anonymous. You can stay hidden. Uh, it makes it quite rampant. Yeah. I always tell guys that the, when I, whenever we talk about stuff like that, which at the, our conferences, which we don't talk about a ton, we, like you, we're just trying to get after the heart and not necessarily like focus on behaviors as much as we are like, what's going on at the heart level here. And, uh, there's always some sins that come out symptomatically from the heart level. Um, but anyway, when we do talk about pornography, uh, or touch on it at the conferences, I always tell guys like, you don't have to like squirm in your seat right now. The statistics say 99% of guys admit to dealing with pornography at some level and 1% lie. Uh, and that usually, <laughs> that usually yeah. eases the room. That's totally a fake statistic, by the way. I hope nobody quotes me on that. Uh, but all that to say, I think most dudes can relate. Like this is a issue for all of us at some level. Um, from a secular perspective, I remember discipling a guy who, uh, he had just given his life to Christ. He was in his early thirties and just given his life to Christ. And he remembers like he, he had been talking to his coworkers about porn. They had like send each other different porn leagues links or something like, like it was just no big deal to them. Um, and I think, you know, you can find cultures like that. You can find people within the secular world who would even say, yeah, I don't know if it's wrong or right, but addiction's probably wrong. So you shouldn't be addicted to anything. Maybe like at its most basic level, they may, they may agree with you on that. Like you shouldn't be addicted to anything, but from a Christian perspective, from men who are like trying to be men of God, like what is, what does God's word teach us about this? Like, why do we strive to be free from pornography as men of God? What's our motivation? Yeah, well, I mean, the funny thing is that the Bible, nowhere in the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not look at pornography. Right. Um, you know, like it's, and it, a masturbation falls in a similar category. It doesn't, it's not ruled out by the Bible. Um, but there's a couple things that the Bible does say that give us an indication that we really do need to like tread lightly with these things or tread carefully. Um, the first thing is that it, the proverb says, you know, guard your heart for from it flow the issues of life. 
And, um, and that gives us a good indication that when we do run into problems in life, usually most of them can be traced back to something at a heart level. Um, Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, so he's just drawing a connection between, you know, what happens externally in your world is usually a reflection of what's going on internally. Um, and the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All of those are, uh, are different clues that let us know we really need to take care of our hearts. And the problem with pornography is uh, it's not really pornography itself, even though pornography is quite damaging. The real problem is why we watch pornography, because uh, nobody just decides one day they're going to go do it. There is something that always drives them to it. And that thing that is driving you there is taking place at a heart level, which is what we are called to by the scriptures to govern, to manage, to take good care of so that we can have good relationships, experience intimacy with God, and ultimately become the person that Christ made us to be. And so that that to me is why um, pornography is such a problem because it is a it is a screaming light on the dashboard that says something is wrong at the heart level. And that is um, that is the ultimate garden that we're called to tend uh, in Christ and according to scripture. Yeah, that's good, man. And, and from your experience, as you're just processing this stuff with a lot of guys, like are there common threads that you're seeing within guys that like when you, when you're talking about at the heart level, is there like some kind of uh, trauma? Is it like something that happened to us as kids? Is it, is it current stresses like from work? Like what are, are there any themes that you're seeing in this? Yeah, hundred um, percent. The probably the biggest theme is um, how do I phrase this? Emotional wounding from the mother, hmm. um, the mother of the of the guy that I'm working with, and it's uh, it's a funny thing, but it in some ways it makes sense if you think like, okay, God created us to to grow up in a family, to have a healthy mom and a healthy dad who are giving us the affirmation and the affection that we need unconditionally right and when you when you don't get that of course no parent is perfect when there's a deficiency you will naturally find another way to have those needs met and so when there's a shortcoming in the relationship with the mother um it's it makes sense that at a certain age you would start to look to get that need met through women elsewhere whether it's women in real life or whether it's a woman on a screen and um, and so that that is the most common thing I find is it's um, it's feelings of neglect, feelings of rejection, feelings of not being good enough that are somehow connected to the relationship with the mom or not. And it's not things that are necessarily uh, like super obvious or always at the surface, but it's just a couple little moments here and there that happened in childhood that have still kind of made a mark. Uh, that would be the biggest one. And the second one uh, that I see the most common is not feeling good enough. So, uh, you know, the roots for that are, are always different, but there's just this core belief, I'm not good enough. And, um, and that seems to drive a lot of destructive behavior in a, a lot of people's lives, really. And pornography is no different. That is super fascinating, man. I've actually never heard, I've talked about this subject a lot with a lot of people. I've never heard the connection back to the mom. Uh, we've always heard like dad issues, even the the second point that you brought up there, like I'm not good enough. Oftentimes we connect that for men back to the dad and not having a dad say, hey, you have what it takes. You're good enough to do this. Um, but the, the mom argument, that's really, really fascinating. I'd love to dive deeper into that uh, with you at some, maybe some other point, but 
Um, that's really fascinating, man. I appreciate you sharing that. that I'm sure that's got a lot of guys, um, their wheels spinning right now, just thinking through like, was I hurt by my mom? Was I wounded? And I thought my mom was awesome. <laughs> Most of us, like we just give our mom so much grace. Like, no, she's our mom. She's a wonderful. Um, but that's, that's really an interesting, uh, point that you made there. Yeah, well, well, let, let me give you my own personal example because this is how I sort of stumbled upon this discovery. But I, I did have an amazing mom, and I would have never thought that um, that there could have been any unresolved issues there. And when I did a deeper dive, one of the things I realized was that um, my mom, my mom was really uh, quite loving and quite nurturing, but a lot more like reserved and a, a little bit timid in her personality, mm-hmm. um, and. I, I realized I actually have lived most of my life feeling neglected. Um, and it's just, it's not because she didn't show love. It's just because she didn't express it through her words specifically. Hmm. Um, but that neglect was just driving me to, you know, get that affirmation and that affection elsewhere. So, um, so yeah, those, those things are, those dynamics are, are for real and they, they do play a role in it often. Man, I'm, I'm confident that there are a lot of guys who are listening right now who's, uh, they're just like replaying the last 30 years of their life. <laughs> you know, they're just like, uh, that's really fascinating, man. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, all right. For, for the guys that like, you know, they're, they're hearing this and they're thinking this has been an issue for me maybe since I was a kid or early teen and I've tried the accountability filter or accountability and the internet filters and I've just you know, I've tried to muster up the discipline and I'm just failing and failing and failing and it feels hopeless. It's been years of feeling hopeless. Like, what do you say to that guy? Where does he even begin to try to find healing? Um, well, first of all, I would commend the guy for making an effort to get free by finding accountability partners and installing internet filters. I think um, that puts you leagues ahead of a lot of other guys out there. So well done. And I would say keep going. Um, keep, keep trying, don't be afraid to try new things and, uh, just understand that it is possible and it's possible for everybody. Uh, that is the incredible thing of, about Jesus and the work of Christ on the cross is it does afford us freedom and it, and it is possible. And I, I would just say, um, probably my number one tip would just be watch how you talk about it. Um, cause it's easy when, uh, like for me, I had this problem for 15 years. It's easy to just become so familiar with it that you, um, you just start thinking it's going to be with you the rest of your life. Hmm. And, um, and so even just starting to talk about it, like, um, this is where I struggle now. Um, I haven't found full freedom yet, you know, just, uh, make sure that you talk about it in a way that is infusing hope, um, and kind of at least gives an indication that you're going to overcome it one day. I think that's massively helpful. Um, and yeah, that would be my, my top tip. My number one encouragement is there is freedom. You can do it. Keep going. Yeah. That, that's a great practical thing. Do you have any other practice? I'm just thinking for the guy who's just like, man, he's just feeling defeated listening to this. Like he hears it, he hears your story and he's like, okay, you found freedom. Like, but is there something I can do like today that's going to start? Like, how do I make this to day one of like uh, the day that I I'm not addicted anymore and that God, you know, is, is healing me from this. Yeah. So, um, so my top two tips would be, uh, get a journal and um and journal every day and um and i just teach that journaling is two parts it's expression and reflection uh give yourself a chance to vent Uh, that that's one of the biggest things i find is is a lot of um there's a lot of emotional issues that drive our decision to watch pornography but we're so out of touch with 
our emotions and kind of we don't really have any emotional health that we don't even give, our, give ourselves a chance to catch things early enough before they become a problem. Hmm. So a journal can be super helpful for that just to be able to vent, to have an outlet, to have a place where you can just talk and you know you don't have to worry about being judged. It's just you and your journal. Um, and honestly, the most powerful tool that I, that I have in my tool belt that we all have in our tool belts is forgiveness. And so even to the guy who, you know, is hearing me talk about my relationship with my mom or thinking about past wounds that could be contributing, um, forgiveness is wildly powerful. And that is where I see the most breakthrough happen in guys that I work with. And, um, I don't have a special, like magical way to forgive. Um, it's, it's there in the Bible. It's spelled out pretty clearly how to do that. And I think if you can, um, if you can find maybe some of the places of pain, um, you can, then you can forgive as well. And uh, just to tie it all together, Jared, I would say sometimes the biggest uh, place where we need to forgive people is ourselves. Um, just to forgive ourselves for, for giving in, to, to kind of not hold it against us anymore. Because uh, as long as we're not able to forgive ourselves, um, we're going to live in condemnation and we're really going to hold ourselves back from freedom. Hmm. That's good, man. How much I've, I've heard in the uh, on our Dad Tired Facebook group, we've got like over 10,000 guys in that group. This issue has obviously come up numerous times and I've seen it kind of split. Half the guys are like, you know, if you're serious about this, you need to involve your wife on your healing journey. And there are some guys in there who are like, man, I don't know if it's best to involve your wife and confess this stuff to your wife because it's just going to, you know, really deeply, deeply hurt her to a point where she might not be able to recover. Um, what has your experience been on that? What do you recommend to guys who are married and you know pr- trying to process this stuff with their wife or considering that? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think there's a difference between telling your wife and processing it with her. Um, I, I do think, um, like Jesus said, if you, um, if you look at a woman lustfully with your eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. Um, so, you know, like before we even talk about watching pornography, like, you know, there's, there's issues there that happen at a heart level. And I, I don't think there's anyone out there who's suggesting you to go tell your wife about every time you look lustfully at somebody or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. uh, you don't have to keep super closed tabs. Um, I think, um, I think your wives deserve to know, they deserve to know if there's an area of your life where you're struggling. Um, they deserve to know so that they can, um, they can be there for you. Uh, of course, the tricky part about pornography is it it has implications for the marriage, and um, different wives respond differently. Um, but I would say I would say generally it it is a good idea to to tell her because um, you need to you need to have that openness. But I would say um, it's one thing to be like, "Hey, I'm struggling with this problem. Just wanted to let you know." It's another thing to say, um, "I'm struggling, and um, you know I've been doing some research." Uh, here's some things I have in mind on how I'm going to get free. Can you support me in this? Just being a little bit proactive about it, I think can go a long way. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make it any better what you've done, but it, I think it gives a little bit of vision going forward, um, and it can help soften the blow a little bit. But in general, I'm I'm a proponent of yeah, talk to your wife about it. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. I think you said that really, really well. And I, th- I think that the the really big thing for guys to hear in that is here's what I'm struggling with and here are like some ways that I'm proactively going to just seek the healing that Jesus has for me. And I'd love for you to join me alongside it. 
uh, alongside me in that journey. Um, I think that's going to just speak volumes to your wife. I think as you just said, it's still going to hurt. That's obviously it's a, it's a painful thing for a wife to hear. Um, but I think it's going to hurt a little bit less to hear. Like, I'm not just going to tell you something I'm struggling with, but I've got a game plan, or at least I'm going to pursue some people who have a game plan who can help me with this. So that wonderful advice. I totally agree with that. Um, what, what's at stake here, man? Like what if, what if this is something that guys don't take seriously? What is, what's at stake if a guy says, yeah, it's probably just going to be the thing that I die with. Uh, uh, what happens then? Um, two things, your, uh, your self worth and your identity will slowly start to decay. Um, and then your relationships will follow suit. And, uh, and I mean, you and I both know in this kingdom, the whole, the whole kingdom is founded on relationship. Uh, it's why we were made and it's what our lives really revolve around. Um, but yeah, pornography is detrimental to both of those areas. It, um, it, it really affirms that we, uh, lack self-worth, uh, when we have to go to those kinds of places, uh, to feel good about ourselves. But it, um, it starts to, even scientifically, it's, it's been proven that it, it actually starts to affect your capacity for relationship and your capacity for intimacy. And the further along you go in life, you, it's no longer about quantity. You know, when you're young, it's cool to be the big man on campus, to have all the friends in the world. Uh, and even, you know, in this day and age with social media, it's, it's cool to have all these connections. But as you go older in life, again, this is scientifically proven, it is quality over quantity. And, uh, and pornography is fake intimacy. And as long as you have a, a place where you can get fake intimacy, uh, you will be much less likely to pursue authentic intimacy in your relationships with the people you love the most. And, uh, and that, that ruins lives. Man, that's powerful and a wake up call. I think hopefully for a lot of guys listening to this, this is man. I just, uh, I want to affirm, uh, obviously hearing your testimony, I think there's so much power in that. And just to continue to encourage guys, like there is hope in Jesus. There are guys who have broken free of this by the grace of God. There are ways to get help. Uh, I don't know if you're part of our Facebook community group, but uh, I would love for you to join that. Uh, and I would love for you to just, after we launch this episode to just, you know, kind of introduce yourself in that group. Cause I know there are a lot of guys who are struggling and I'd love for them to connect with you and just find ways, um, that they can move toward their healing journey. Are there other ways that you would recommend that guys can connect with you? Uh, yeah, well, for starters, I would love that Jared. That, that sounds fantastic. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, those are the best ways to reach out to me. Uh, I always get DMS from guys on Instagram, especially, uh, so it seems to be a really, uh, really easy way for people to reach out. So those are the best places to find me. My handle is Sathya M E Sam. Um, yeah, S A T H I Y A M E S A M Sathya Sam. Cool. I'll link that, um, in the show notes so, too. So people can find that, but we'll definitely get you in the group. So all the guys can meet you over there too. Man, thank you for sharing your story. This is powerful stuff. Uh, I think God's going to use it to um, not just change the lives of guys who are listening to this, but also their families and the trajectory of their families and their kids um, and the boys and girls that they're raising. So, man, thank you for being willing to share your heart and uh, open up with us today. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me and thanks for all you're doing uh, with Dad Tired and the whole community. It's, it's fantastic. You're doing amazing, man. Thanks for having thanks, me. Man. Yeah, I appreciate it.